Proverbs 5, 1 through 23 is where we're at today. Um, the theme for this passage is unfaithfulness leads to death. Faithfulness leads to life. As a child, I learned the song, um, there's a wrong way, there's a right way, there's a way that seems the right way, but it's the wrong way for it will lead you far from God. Get smart, get wise, um, take heart, trust God, and smile. <laughs> Travel God's way. It's the best way. It's the only tried and true way, and it will lead you to life eternal some glad day. It was a simple song, but it had um, profound meaning and speaks of the wisdom Solomon is teaching his son in today's lesson. Yes, traveling God's way is the best way, for it is the only path to life. When we stray from God's righteous way, and as the song that we sang said, we're prone to wander, um, we find ourselves entangled with the world, and we must come back to the cross and confess our sins and come back to God's way. Straying too far for too long off God's way is evidence that perhaps we were never really on God's way, but we're on the way that leads to death. As we learned in our first lesson, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction, Proverbs 1, 6. The expression fear of the Lord combines a sense of shrinking back in fear and drawing near in awe. If everything in the universe is dependent on the Lord, the sovereign creator, then nothing can be interpreted independently from him. Fear of the Lord keeps us on the way um, that leads to life. The Lord is the author of life, and it is the acknowledging of our dependence on him that we walk in wisdom on his way. Being teachable is crucial, um, a, a crucial value for life. A fool rejects wise teaching, but a wise man is has a teachable spirit and is wiser still for it. In ancient Israel, parents were instructed to pass down God's law to the next generation when they were sitting, walking along the way, or lying down. Teachable moments throughout the day used to share God's wisdom to the next generation so that they would continue to follow in obedience to God and possess the land did a lot of that this Saturday with Jason. <laughs> um, Deuteronomy 11.19 says, You shall teach them to your sons, talking of, uh, talking of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you rise up. And then if you go on in Deuteronomy to chapter 21, you come to a, a passage that 
a lot of people um, find offensive, um, but it is the end of a, a rebellious son. Um, if any man has a stubborn, uh, this is uh, De Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 19. If any one uh, man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father or his mother, and when they chastise him, he will not listen to them, then the father and the mother shall seize him and bring him out to the elders of the city at um, the gateway of his hometown. There is a sober seriousness to the wisdom that is handed down to the next generation because if you read on in that passage, the, the son is stoned um, by the whole um, congregation. Um, and that is why the father is continually saying, listen, or pay attention, or receive my words. It's as if the father was clapping his hands in front of his son's face to get him to focus, like I especially do with Drake in my class. There isn't, this isn't fun and games. This is a matter of life or death. So our theme, again, is um, unfaithfulness leads to death. Faithfulness leads to life. Yeah, our first point is listen and get discernment, and that's found um, in Proverbs 5, 1 through 6. The point of this lesson is to teach the son to discern truth from deceit. Untrained eyes and minds confuse the two. On the surface, they both look good. Um, if evil really showed its face, we would all flee. In 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, it says, Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. The son needs to lean into his father and learn from his godly insight. <clears throat> Proverbs 5.1 says, My son, give attention to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding. Here, the use of my um, by the father does not mean that the father is a source of wisdom, but rather he is following God's command to teach God's wisdom to his son. In Proverbs 2.6, um, we see that it's clear that wisdom is given to us from God. Um, the son is now old enough in this chapter um, to experience sexual temptations and pleasures. He is either married or about to get married. If he will listen to his father's instructions, he will be able to guard his lips or his speech. Sex is often associated with speech. Um, Wednesday, this Wednesday, we celebrate. It's very timely that we have this chapter. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> we will celebrate Valentine's Day, um, especially with our spouses or... And, and um, boyfriends, girlfriends, and usually um, sweet words are written and spoken of our tender love for each other. 
Even in our most intimate moments, words are spoken. So in Proverbs 2.5, it says that you may observe, observe discretion and your lips may reserve knowledge or protect it, guard it. Joseph in Genesis 39, 8-9 is an example of guarding his lips. He showed discernment from what he had learned from his father, Jacob. Um, if you remember, he's in, he was in Egypt at the time, and he was um, a slave. Um, and um, in verse 8, it's, it says, But he refused and, and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Oops. But he put all that. If I can turn my page. Um, he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. Now then. Could I do this great evil and sin against God? In contrast, the father um, to the father's teaching, his son to guard his lips, the immoral or adulterous woman drips honey from her lips. I should say here that some translations say strange woman, some translations um, say foreign woman. Um, I'm going to go with adulterous in this lesson, um, but the strange and foreign just has to do with her being outside the covenant community, whether she is uh, from a foreign country or not. Um, so this adulterous woman drips honey from her lips. Her speech oozes seductive power that is meant to draw him to her arms and um, lips are of course are also uses for kisses so uh, to an intimate kiss in Proverbs 5 3 it says for the lips of an adulteress drip honey and smoother than oil is her speech and the song of Solomon that we studied in the last session um, in Song of Solomon 4.11, um, it was the bride's lips that dripped honey, which was appropriate because her husband was coming to her bed. The adulterous woman uses deceitful flattery um, that is smoother than oil. An untrained man who's not listening to his father um, who lacks discernment would easily slip on this oil or the smooth talk mm -hmm. and um, be drawn into her company. Proverbs 5 4 says, um, But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two edged sword. The father makes it clear that honey from an adulterous woman. Tastes sweet at first, but becomes bitter. One commentary said, honey is sweet, but the bee stings. 
<laughs> the smooth flattery becomes a lethal two-edged sword. Sword, a sword, uh, it translates a sword with two mouths, a dagger that can strike and stab. In Isaiah 120, it, um, were, Isaiah warned, um, but if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. In Hebrews 4.12, we see a different um, use of the two-edged sword. The discernment and judgment is coming from God's word. God's word is likened also to a two-edged sword, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This adulterous woman, her lethal consequences continue down the path that leads to death. In um, Proverbs 5, 5 and 6, her steps go down to death, her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold of Sheol, which is the place of the dead. Um, she does not ponder the path of life. Her ways are unstable, and she does not know it. Proverbs five In Proverbs 5, 6, we see that she has not even considered the path of life. It is as as foreign, foreign to her as the covenant of marriage. Some commentaries said that she was, she was a married woman that um, forsook her marriage vows. She wanders aimlessly in, in moral darkness like Cain, who um, after he murdered his brother Abel in Genesis 4.12, or the Israelites, who wandered in the wilderness after they rebelled against God. We also wander, as our song said, so that was a perfect song. Uh, we are prone to wander um, uh, hopelessly um, in darkness. Um, we wander in moral darkness until Jesus brings the light of his saving gospel to shine in us. Jesus, the righteous one, the one who never wandered from the will of his father, um, took all of our sin on himself on the cross and gave us his righteousness and brought us to the path, from the path of death to the path of life through his sacrificial death on the cross. In first. Peter 2, 24 and 25, um, we read, And he himself bore our sin in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. You were continually strained like sheep, wandering around, continually strained like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Jesus is the light. 
in John 8, 12, we read, um, Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Next, the Father um, gives details of the cost of um, going on the wrong path, the unwise path of the adulteress in Proverbs 5, 7 through 14. The father is now sharing the deadly consequences of the folly of adultery. In Proverbs 5, 7, we read, Now then my sons, not just my son, but my sons, listen to me. So he's speaking to a group. And do not depart from the words of my mouth. He is now addressing sons. And one commentary said this is the father's line of descent. It's not just, he's not talking to a single son, but he's talking to the line um, that will descend from him. This section um, uh, this section, he shows that the son's actions would affect the whole family's economic and social strength over the generations. Sin doesn't just affect the one committing the sin, but the future of the family as a whole. So the father says to his son, um, in Proverbs 5, 8, Keep your way far from her. <coughs> Do not go near her house. Don't go anywhere near the adulteress. Don't be drawn into sin by willfully seeing how close you can get to it without sinning. That's often a question that's asked in college. How far can we go without sinning? Uh, we don't. We, we stay away. We are to flee lust. Paul says in 2 Timothy 2.22, Now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. And I um, wanted to share here that when I was first married, Peter gave me what... Yeah, it might seem like a small request. Um, he asked me to stop writing to all of my students in China um, who were majority men um, because, because he did not want my, my heart to wander. Um, and so he... Um, requested that and I stopped writing I must say it was very hard because this was these were um, people that um, I would write to and encourage them in their English and and so on um, and I thought it was innocent but um, my husband requested that I stop so I stopped and that it's fleeing youthful 
lust. Um, by going to an adulteress, the man will give up the best years of his life to strangers. Not only that, but his wealth will be given to someone outside his family instead of staying in his family as it would have if he had been wise. The family's hard-earned wealth is now plundered by others. Today we see these kinds of effects um, of um, ad adultery by al alimony payments, child support, broken homes, <clears throat> hurt, jealousy, lonely people, sexual diseases. When the unwise son hits rock bottom, he cries out in anguish in verse 11. But regret and remorse come too late. He seems, uh, it seemed so tempting at the beginning and ended so horribly. You can't judge life from the appearance of the moment but must keep the end in view. And as one of the books I'm reading says, live life backwards. <laughs> he did not listen to his teachers, meaning his parents, his grandparents, or sages, or possibly priests at the time. At that time, they didn't have schools, formal schools. Um, they, were, they were taught in the home. When what was secret is made public, the life of the adulterer brings personal shame, humiliation to loved ones, and loss of respect in the larger community. So, the, the <clears throat> father now switches from the deadliness of, of um, making unwise decisions with an adulteress to enjoying his wife. Listen and enjoy exclusive love. In this section, the father shifts from the folly of sex outside of covenant marriage to the wisdom of sexual satisfaction. The son is challenged to find satisfaction from sexual intimacy with his wife. This is where I said it. It sounds so much like the Song of Solomon. Um, clearly, to fortify him against the enticement of the evil or adulterous woman. The enjoyment of making love with one's own wife provides concrete protection against looking for sexual pleasure outside of marriage. He is to drink from his own cistern. That means from his wife. Um, a cistern is, also, is a well. Um, as in Song of Solomon, <laughs> chapter 5-1, um, I have come into my garden, my sister, my bride. I have gathered my myrrh along with my balsam. I have eaten my honeycomb and my honey. I have drunk my wine and my milk. Eat, friends, drink, and imbibe deeply, O lovers. This is between a husband and wife. This water uh, from his own well, his wife, 
um, this is water from his own well, his wife, and will satisfy his sexual thirst. Jesus also offers his water of eternal life that satisfies our longing to be complete in him. In um, John 4, 13 and 14, um, Jesus answered the woman at the well and said to her, um, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. That is the water that is in the well. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water I will give him will bring him in him a well of water springing up into eternal life. So in this passage in Proverbs 5, the cool water quenches the hot desires of the young man. Drinking is lovemaking. Rather than dispersing his sexual activity outside his home, which is what verse 7 talks about. Um, it, verse 7 calls for him to keep it for uh, exclusive love. His ex read this right. Calls for him to keep it for his exclusive love in his own home. His father prays that he will also find his wife satisfying in her breast. And that also sounded a lot like um, Song of Solomon, as a loving hind great and a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times. Because um, in, in the Song of Solomon, we also had the hind and the and the and the doe in the lovemaking. Um, her breasts are um, to him as intoxicating as wine, um, and this is what his father prays that will as she will be to him. Inhibitions can be left behind in the marriage bed, and the the wife is available at all times to satisfy the thirsty husband. Um, um, be exhilarated always by her love. Um, in view of the superior sex that you find with your wife, it's absurd to think of going to an adulteress. Point four is um, the father is asking him to listen because God sees all. Okay? You have the the um, the adult, adultery will bring you death, and um, and sex with your wife will bring pleasure that um, is satisfying. And um, above all, God sees all. Ultimately, it is the fear of God that should keep him from straying off the path of life. The omniscient, um, which is um, all-knowing God sees all the Lord upholds his moral order when sin brings its own punishment um, we find that in verse 21 
um, the, whoops, verse 22. Um, in verse 22, we see the capture of the wicked. Um, his own iniquity will capture the wicked, and he will be held in the cords of his sin. Um, Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will reap. His eyes refer to his presence. He sees our path. He is with us. Nothing is hid from him. In Proverbs 15, 3, we say, it, see that the eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching evil and the good. There's no thunderbolt from heaven that strikes the sinner. Although, it might happen. <laughs> his, <laughs> his sin will catch him like a trap. <coughs> sin is personified here as capturing the sinner with cords used to hold the victim until it, the victim is killed. His lack of instruction, meaning discipline, has led to his death. He has thrown away the wisdom that he has been given that could have kept him on the path of life. Ultimately, this is God's judgment, for God created the world um, to work in a certain way. Wisdom is to listen and to follow the way, uh, that way, walking in the fear of the Lord. As a song we sang in before Sunday school yesterday um, says, Oh, be careful little feet where you go, for the Father up above is looking down in love, so be careful little feet where you go. We may think in looking at this passage that the father was talking to the son and it doesn't apply to me. Yes, Proverbs was written specifically for sons, like Song of Solomon was written for daughters, but there are words of wisdom for us to listen to as well. We need to guard our hearts and our minds from the seduction of sweet-talking men um, or steamy, steamy romance novels or worldly sexuality um, that is so rampant in our, our world today that harms the union we have with our spouse. We need to remember that we are the source of strength for our husband um, and withholding sexual presence Pleasure is not pleasing to God unless it is mutually agreed. Um, God calls us to faithfulness in our marriage, or if he um, has us in that the stage of singleness, we are also to be faithful to God. <laughs>